This is a podcast for the living. And we're your hosts, Graham and Saul. And we're here to share with you all kinds of creative, educational, inspirational, straight from the heart, content that could change your life. What? Okay. Podcast. Alright, podcast number five. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. We're gonna talk about vulnerability this time around. Yeah. Um, vulnerability for artists, vulnerability for in life. Humans in general. Humans in general. We've built uh, a social media platform or we live on a social media platform where vulnerability hasn't been necessarily pushed. It's difficult to share. Like yeah. very difficult to be vulnerable on a social media platform. And in our in our day-to-day relationships, yeah. um, we struggle with being vulnerable with each other. Totally. And I think that's where most people's issues might come from? I would say a lot of the um, social interaction issues seem to stem from a lack of vulnerability. Um, There was, there's an author, Brene Brown, who wrote a book, uh, Daring Greatly, I believe it's called. Um, And the whole book is about, and she does a TED talk on it as well. The whole book is talking about vulnerability as a whole and how it actually works as our superpower. In her TED talk, she like she'll walk out onto the stage, and uh, she's basically quivering out of her fear and out out of her whatever she's dealing with in that moment, her fear, her anxiety, all of the emotions, and talking about the very thing that she's experiencing. It's a really circular. Uh, exploration of the concept vulnerability but she explains it and how powerful it actually is for everyone when we can truly embrace our vulnerability Um, yeah so I think that's a good starting place for us uh, as a whole as an artist when you're on stage do you find yourself (laughs) I was just gonna ask you a question oh go ahead yeah What's your relationship with vulnerability? My relationship with vulnerability? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, for me, I'm, I tend to be, and then I'm swinging it back your way, but I tend to have a uh, challenge in one-on-one scenarios. It's really easy for me when there's a crowd of people. Then I can be vulnerable for some reason. It's, and I think that's trained from, from acting and from performance from having that background in it but when it's one-on-one for some reason I have a tendency to want to reflect back what's given to me and often there's a nervousness in the air let's say initially and this is a lot more exaggerated when I was smoking weed daily because there was there's a level of I don't know how that it just amplifies all emotions it seems so I would say my relationship with it is really good when it comes to performance and when it comes to wanting to put myself out there. Uh, Where it's challenged is when I run into someone else who's not as able to delve into their vulnerability as I am. Um, Then I get into trouble. I get into all kinds of trouble. I used to, when I was younger, I would just be really weird. I would just out-weird everyone. And then there was a point in my life when I 
I think I started trying to be cool or something, trying to have, uh, trying to have an elevated status, trying to um, ooh, share, like control the parts of myself that I would share with people. And so that, that is when I started having more challenges with vulnerability as a whole. Yeah, and I mean, when you started smoking weed, it like kind of, in my opinion, took some of your vulnerability away, mm. your ability to be vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. It clouded it and made it confusing. And then definitely, you kind of went into this, yeah, experience of from being a extreme extrovert to more tendencies of introversion. Totally. And yeah, I mean, that's the truth with the marijuanas, at least for us, for me. Um, my thing with vulnerability, I mean, I've used vulnerability. Well, let me, let me ask you a, a more specific question. When you're on stage and you feel, when you're on stage and you've got a crowd in front of you, do you feel, is there a sense of nervousness at all there? Is there, when you get on stage, are you empowered by that or are you challenged by that? Depends on the quality of audience. And we just did an, uh, an episode on a quality of attention. Okay. And it's exactly the same. I've been in front of a lot of different audiences and I've felt a lot of different ways. Okay, so where in your life is there people in particular that you find yourself feeling like stuck or um, awkward with or uncomfortable with? Um, so I wanted to say when I first got back to Saskatoon and I was playing bars, I was insecure and everybody there was insecure. So my experience was no vulnerability. No mm. one wanted, they didn't want to show vulnerability. I wasn't showing vulnerability. Everyone was closed off. There's no jokes, there's no play. Just kind of play the music and move on. Yeah. Um, but then there was another time, ah, there's another time where... Didn't start it. I will just take off a few minutes and say go. Perfect. That's uh, for you who are listening, <laughs> our timer. Our timer, yeah. Yes. Um, so it's confusing because I want to say it's almost as if I can't speak from my own experience because in my memory I have one experience where I wasn't able to be vulnerable in front of that bar audience so they weren't vulnerable. Right. And then there's a future experience where I was like deep into something, I don't know, habits at the time. And I went and performed on that stage. And it was from such a place of loving myself and just doing, doing what you said, like mm. disarming people. So it was mm -hmm. vulnerable. To be fair, those people in the audience now know my brand as vulnerability. So it's, right. it's almost like they're more willing to accept that from me. Yeah. So I was able to take the same type of audience and make it a more vulnerable space. Mm -hmm. But I've really been working on, or I've, that's been where I've gotten all my power from the last five years is from being from vulnerable. Being vulnerable. Yeah. So what does, what does vulnerability, being vulnerable mean in your world? It's this right now. I'm, I'm willing to speak. I will tell you my deepest, darkest, dirtiest secret. And I'll tell it online in front of everybody because I don't want secrets and I'll tell you how I'm feeling. So when I run into somebody, we, we ran into a buddy of mine, right? Yeah. And I right away, 
everyone kind of sits in a standstill, right away I'll just say like, um, for example, right now during this podcast, I feel tired. Um, I don't feel as playful. When we started the podcast, there's, as Graham and I are having this conversation because of our ability to perform and what whatever else. <laughs> Every we, podcast I'm spilling now. You are, yes. Yep. We're like, see right there, I'm not able to play. Like Graham, Graham can go silly and goofy, but when I'm in a more tired, lower sort of state like I am today, not that it's lower, because I was saying this earlier, if I was alone, I would just be doing the habits to recorrect this. But today I didn't have the time, and you don't always have the time. So sometimes you just have to go into experiences as you are. Mm -hmm. And so I know I'm less likely to play and have fun and laugh and yeah. smile and stuff. But I'm willing to admit that and say that. And So it's not, it's not hiding from... My weakness. Not hiding from the weakness, right? So admitting, it, yeah. So interesting because we've had a lot of conversations lately about uh, Carl Jung and his exploration of the shadow side, and how this resistance of your shadow side is this thing that can literally fragment your psyche, and so it's the same type of it's the same type of concept where by even just in a conversation. Ignoring and you just switch from one beverage to another. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> by <laughs> by, what was I even saying? By shifting from one drink to another. By resisting a uh, man. My brain just farted on Carl Young. Yeah, bring me back. Bring uh, me back. Shadow self. By resisting something. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, it's like the vulnerability is us sharing our shadow side, sharing our shadow side with everyone and not resisting that part of ourself that we want to hide, that we have a tendency to want to resist or push away. Well, we've been trained like most people are brought up and you're not, it's, it's normal in your household to not like share the dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. How many people, how many of you guys out there have that experience of it's not okay don't share the bad only share the good mm -hmm. and then it, that's just transposed onto social media yeah and it's extremely hard to be you know it's first of all it's extremely hard to put your face on social media mm -hmm. let alone put your face on and then be vulnerable with that face yeah or anywhere in, in public not even just social media any yeah. anywhere in the public sphere Bef like before we start this podcast and you're feeling more, we'll just call it left-brained, where you're in more of the technical side of things. And then we come over and we have to now do this type of more performance type of thing and have a conversation that is grounded and rooted in, in not that left brain stuff. And yet, so the emotional content feels like it would be more appealing, but yet we're not always in that state of mind. There's there's times when you're just feeling like drained and down and more in the technical stuff. And so, and we want to judge that as being bad or negative or not a good thing, but being able to share that is incredibly empowering. And interestingly, I would even note that since the start of this conversation, because of 
the moment that you acknowledge the the challenge, now there's been an energy shift, and we'll probably see it when we look back at the video. Well, I, that's all I've ever done. Like when I was doing the Freestyle Friday, that's all it was, is a weekly journal of admitting what's going on in my yeah. life. And for sure, I, I've become acute, acutely aware of the shift of that energy. And mm. that's why at some point it would be great not to have to do all the technical stuff. Yeah. Because then there'd be no need for a shift. I understand my ability to, once we're in this conversation, to shift, right? Yeah. I get that. It's just having... But it was bringing, it was bringing your attention to, like, you actually acknowledging it in the air, in the space that allowed it to be free. Yes. I've had so many times in my life where I've been in a conversation with someone, hopefully a concrete example will come to me, but where I've been in a conversation with someone and there was, let's say, an elephant in the room that should have been acknowledged, that would have cleared the air entirely. But because of, most of the time, because of weed or because of, uh, it could be an ego thing, could be anything. But for some reason, there's a resistance to acknowledging the problem. And in not acknowledging that, that's what actually created more of the problem. That's literally exactly what Carl Jung is saying. By resisting the shadow part of ourself, we end up creating more of the very shadow we're trying to push away or trying to avoid. Most correct. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing. It's, it's the, only, the only way to live, in my opinion. Mm. And again, that's my opinion. So whether that matters or not. But the only way to live is to point everything out. And as my, my internal power has grown the more I've been able to point things out. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's about pointing things out about other people, it's about pointing things out about yourself. Like, yeah, of course there's mm. stuff, there's stuff that another party is involved, but guess what? It's about pointing out your part of that. Yeah. Like, okay, there's an issue going on in between two people. It's the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. what, what part are you taking in that? Yeah. There's all, it's always both ways. So what part are you taking in it? And what part can you admit of that shadow self? Mm. Therefore, completing their ability to then go, okay, you said that, you know, mm -hmm. it allows, the, it opens them up and allows them like we had with, I don't want to say the name yeah, of the yeah. person, but yeah. you know the scenario I'm talking about yeah, yeah. where we ran into a friend and, and I sort of just brought up what I was struggling with yeah and that prompted them to then go into their thing instantaneously yeah which, yeah because in that exact same scenario had you not been there granted I didn't really know the guy but had say it was an acquaintance of mine who I hadn't really shared a lot of time with my tendency would be to have more of a surface level conversation just a casual rah-rah but what we got into was so potent because the first thing you did was share vulnerability. And that allowed the other person to mirror and share vulnerability back. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's where it's an incredibly powerful tool, an incredibly powerful asset. Mm -hmm. And certainly my younger self did a lot better job of that than I do nowadays. And mm -hmm. I think that's common in the world where as we get older, we kind of internalize more, we go more into ourselves. We have a tendency to not want to share the vulnerability because things maybe get more dangerous or 
we start getting a little more careful. We, you know, it's like you burn yourself on the burner and then you'd never touch the burner again. Well, you start going out into life and it's like, ow, 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 ow. You get wounded all over the place and then you just don't really want to, you, you're a, a lot more careful, we'll say. And Let's, so that, yeah. that challenges vulnerability immensely. There's definitely like psychological science to that because mm. we all, we all go through it where we put up walls and we become less vulnerable. If you're in a relationship. Totally, yeah, relationship's a great example. Think about it. Every one of us has been in some, rela- maybe you're in a, like the best relationship ever right now and you can't relate, but somewhere in your life you were in the relationship we're talking about, which mm. is, let's just go to it and say that it's like, at first you're like totally whatever, honeymoon, but then you get past and you get to this point where maybe the elephant in the room is that, well, you, it's, there's just elephants in the room and you, you stop bringing it up and therefore you stop being vulnerable with each other mm. and you start to be a little bit rough with each other because you're spending so much time together that you're representing, like, you, you F, like we're, it's so easy for us to be mean to ourselves, less easy to be mean to somebody else. So you yeah. get in a relationship you're nice to each other, but then you know there's an issue when you get to the point where you're now able to be mean to each other. Because then you've crossed this threshold of yeah. this person represents you so much that now you can just be mean to them. But then it's like, what does that tell you about shadow selves? Because you're only being mean because of those shadow selves. So that means not only is there elephants in the room between the two of you, but there's one billion percent elephants in the room for you that you're not bringing up there's shadow selves of yourself that you're not bringing up that you're projecting onto this person yeah and so yeah it definitely comes back to that and as much as i've worked on vulnerability there's still so much oh it's an endless journey yeah i mean the other thing i would acknowledge about relationships and um what we were talking about the burner ow 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 is what happens in relationships is we go and we we put our hearts out and you share your heart with somebody and then at some point the kind of whatever you the ripple or the pulling away of attention or whatever it is what whatever the reason is that there's a separation or an emotional disconnection then one party or both parties get wounded and then that's that's part of the becoming more delicate and needing to protect yourself a little more it's another layer another barrier and then we go to our next relationship with that barrier. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're, you know, assuming certain things of your partner who really may or may not have those behaviors, but you're almost, you're like protecting yourself from something that might not even exist in the other party. So it challenges your vulnerability even more. So it's a very, uh, it, it's an extremely profound human challenge. It is. The deeper we go into that, the more the deeper we go into life, the more the challenge comes to the surface. And so I think we, we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to the world at large to continuously try to maintain our vulnerability of youth. And I would say that's a lot of what like some of the great psychologists are talking about is getting back to that state of mind of a child by overcoming the challenges we have or, or the traumas that we had in our youth and the traumas that we continue to engage with throughout our life and and the ones that cause us whatever most emotional uh deterioration or whatever you want to call it right that's the easy move that's what 
that's what the world at large is doing is to become jaded and blocked off. So personally, I don't respect someone who is jaded. I respect somebody who has gone through trauma and is still vulnerable. Those are the people I respect at the top. They're continuously vulnerable because the world, the world's always going to deliver bad stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Inherently, we live in a hard world. And you started reading Matthew McConaughey's book recently, and he was talking about some of this, wasn't he? Was definitely talking about some of his childhood experiences, and yet he still remains vulnerable through all of it, and it's some 100%. challenging childhood traumas. Hundred percent. And I mean, the truth about his traumas is they were delivered in a traumatic way but then he was received with love directly after so it's kind of a confusing methodology of of parenting where as much as the bad was delivered the good was equally as delivered mm. and it's as if they were in it together mm. and the trauma was just like a part of it it was less less of a thing like the one story is just uh i can just try to quickly sum yeah. it up but the oldest son uh, his oldest brother and the father are in a they're in the garage after one night he's the oldest son is succeeding in this pipeline business which his dad is also in and his dad basically says like hey like if you're gonna be he got one of the biggest clients the son's got one of the biggest clients which kind of made the dad feel like oh you think you're a big man now and so the dad is like basically like wants to go steal pipe from this client that he just got, which they used to steal pipe together all the time. And so the son's like, no, I don't want to go steal from this client. And the father's like, so you're too good to go steal pipe with your old man like you, like you used to? And basically the dad beats the shit out of him. And at, at some point the son's like, okay, I guess this is how it is. Smashes a two by four over his head, knocks his dad unconscious, feels, is worried he killed his dad but when the dad comes comes back to consciousness, is he's like, well, I was just telling the story of Matthew McConaughey's older brother, and I guess uh, the camera overheated, so we're back now. We're back. We're back. Okay, so it was just at the point where his dad had fought him, and he smashed a two-by-four two over his dad's head. His dad was knocked out, thought he had killed his dad, and when his dad got back up, he uh, just hugged his son, cried, and said, that's my boy. And then after that, after that, he never challenged... His son again. Never challenged... They were, they were best friends. They were on the same level. Weird. Yeah. yeah. So this is like... Crazy parenting. That's, that's, but that's what he came yeah. from, right? This that's toughness to. and this... Because it's like uh, southern Texas. So yeah. it's just like this... So that's now you can you can imagine Ma Matthew McConaughey's character and you can understand how he can play this character. Totally, the hardened. He understands from like the depths of his soul. He <laughs> understands that. And for him to stay vulnerable through all of it, through still. all of it. And let's be honest, probably a lot of that comes from uh, the, his journey through acting and and oh yeah, the vulnerability required for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing that I will say about acting and performance in general. In order to, in, well, in order to be a quality actor, it's all about vulnerability. Learning how to be vulnerable on camera in front of people. That's not 
I don't think that that is a uh, natural skill, not for most people anyway. Um, there are certainly those who just are, are very capable of doing that, but that I know for me has been a, a great challenge and learning that skill took years and years and years of being in front of cameras. Um, interestingly, having this and doing this kind of thing, recording yourself like this, is such a good practice it for is. getting vulnerable in front of whether it's people or the camera in general. It is, e yeah. Even if you're never releasing any of this, if you just record yourself and just get, start getting used to that feeling, I mean, anytime you're feeling queasy about doing something, you know you're pushing to the to the edge of your comfort zone, where is, which is exactly where you need to be pushing past if you want to be truly feeling vulnerable and truly sharing that vulnerability with others. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're the timer did go off, so we'll, well, what's wrap the, it up quickly. What's the? I'm feeling like we need a takeaway or some takeaways mm, from this. For sure. I'm feeling the more we do this podcast, the more we're gonna have a bit of a more structure to it. For like, sure. Like our brains will just kind of want structure, yeah. cra crave structure. So Definitely. I'm, so yeah, what's the what's the takeaway from this? I think the takeaway is that we need to continue to try and remain vulnerable throughout our lives in spite of the constant challenge to go the opposite way. Yeah. The challenge is that life makes you want to hide and put walls up, put barriers up, but when, you, when you're hardened, when you have barriers, when you're not living from your heart, when you're not sharing the softer parts of yourself, showing your belly off to the public, right? When you're not doing that part, then the world does the same thing in turn. So yeah. if, if I'm all hardened, and I start at talking to someone else and they're hardened and they're not being vulnerable, we can't get anywhere. We, one person, we can do nothing. One person at least needs to break that. Yeah, and all it takes is one person holding, standing solid in their vulnerability yeah. to allow the other person to also be vulnerable, um, which we've seen time and time again and will continue to. So yeah, I would say the biggest takeaway is we need to continue to practice wearing our heart on our sleeve no matter how awkward or how weird it feels yes and i would i would say to anybody who's listening like if you forgot that like it doesn't matter who you are where you are when you are there's always times we're gonna fall off track mm. and like even the most vulnerable person has fallen off track and there's always time like i consider myself a pretty vulnerable person but there's so many times uh, I feel hardened, mm -hmm. and even at the beginning of this yeah, conversation, like the beginning. Watch this thing from the beginning till the end, and you'll see what it looks like from going from a hard, hard self to soft self by the end. For sure, and so, yeah, not to, not to be hard on yourself or not to blame yourself for how you've been. Like that's just a part of how it is. But to celebrate the fact that you are now getting this opportunity to actually recognize and move forward into new territory. Maybe you've already been in this territory before, but it's just like a new phase of it, and, and that's exciting. Mm. Um, my, one final little note that just came to me is, uh, give, give to get was a quote that one of my improv coaches always used to say, and I've heard this in a bunch of different ways, but it was, it's really powerful. He would say, instead of asking the audience for something, you give them something first. And when you give first, you always get in kind what you're seeking. 
So instead of asking, hey, give me a non-geographical location, you say, you know, um, if I were to go to, a, I'm, I, I go for a walk down at the beach every other day. Yeah. Is there another a non-geographical location that you can suggest to me? And it feeds the brain what the brain needs to then, to then set it up to deliver a nice response. So you do the same thing with vulnerability. You show, you share your heart with someone, you share a vulnerable point with someone, and it teaches them immediately how yeah. they should respond. So con to continue on that point, yeah. and to say something I think is incredibly important, is in your friendships, in your relationships, in your also your business relationships, mm. it is really important to not get into the thought process of, well, they don't do that for me, I'm not going to do that for them. Because give to get, man. And if you're in that thought process, you either need to think about um, taking alone time and not being around these people, or in turn, if you can take it as an opportunity to go, you know what, I haven't been this way in this relationship, but this is the way it's going to change. So, you know, if that means doing the dishes or doing, like, if it means doing something that you resist or you, f you feel like you hate doing this thing, like you really don't want to go shovel this, the walk or whatever it is, because that person has that expectation of you to do that or something, well, you're actually resisting it. And so you're creating a shadow self by resisting it. So instead, dive in. Even though it's annoying, the move is always to work harder for everybody around you than they would work for you because that's always going to pay off in your relationships because they'll start to feel that and in turn, they'll, they'll put in the work. And it's just, that's all it is, is we should be going above and beyond for everybody around us doing all the hard work when it when it first snowed a great example I actually live on the same block as my dad and uh it's great and graham and the first snow hits and our dad is just out there permanently he can't get to work so he stays home and he's just out there permanently shoveling helping people in the community doing going above and beyond for people that don't even know him just kind of because that's what he grew up with and it's such it's almost like this lost thing in our society sometimes where we want to take the easy route out and we want to just stay within our energy and not do that hard thing for each other but do the hard thing if you're in a partnership just do it don't resist it mm -hmm. sweet thanks for watching uh subscribe and do all that other fun stuff like you know yes because it does help it does help helps. Us. and there was a lovely response when we last asked so we're hoping for the same thing again if not whatever it's fine that's fine too uh yeah yeah and we do read all the comments and we try to respond and uh if we get more comments we'll even read them and respond to them on the podcast so ooh, yeah ooh, did you hear that yeah i heard that so feed us if we get good comments in our youtube sections then we'll read those on the uh on the podcast next episode ooh la la yes cool thanks okay. guys